contractor's journey to self-mastery requires discipline, integrity, and respect. Welcome to Hammer and Grind. Welcome to Hammer and Grind, the podcast built for contractors, real contractors, true stories, real solutions. My name is Brad Hebner, and I will be your guide on your journey to mastery of your construction business. You can connect with us on uh, social media, Hammer and Grind podcast, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, see what's going on on all those different platforms. You can also check out our free Facebook group called the Contractor Profit Group. In there, we have lots of free trainings. Q&A sessions, and lots of great conversations to help you in your business. So go check that out. Or if you're ready to get off the crazy cycle and learn a proven system for creating a winning business, consider joining my coaching group called The Profit Club. Listen, I'm so confident that you will succeed in my program that I'm now offering a 10x guarantee. If you don't make at least a 10x return on your investment within 12 months, I'll refund the full amount. So there's there's nothing you have to worry about. Like I'll fully give your money back. So you can find out more information about that at hammerandgrind.com forward slash the profit club. So today is actually a very special day. And, and my guest doesn't know this yet, but it's the 52nd episode for the Hammer and Grind podcast. We've been doing this for one year. And so it's pretty exciting. And since the launch of the podcast and, you know, we've had, Tons of feedback from contractors telling us that, you know, we've touched them and their business and they've implemented some of the strategies and it changed their lives. And I just want to tell you from the bottom of my heart, I appreciate all of the feedback. That's what keeps me going. And I'm excited to be here for a whole another year. So with that being said, we got a special guest today on the show. Uh, I want to welcome Elise Parks. She is the president of the Bold City Builders. Custom residential finished carpentry company specializing in high-end and new construction and remodeling projects in Northeast Florida. Uh, Elise has a passion for her work as a finished carpenter and about providing representation and awareness of women in the trades. Elise, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for being on here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. And congratulations on your 52nd episode. Thank you so much. It's been a long journey and we're here, so I'm, I'm happy. But uh, I want to get back to you. The reason I wanted to have you on the podcast is because I've been kind of doing this mini-series, if you will, interviewing different types of relationships in construction. So I've interviewed my wife to see kind of the perspective of a contractor's wife. Uh, I interviewed a contracting couple where they're, the husband and wife both work in the business. And now we're interviewing you. Elise, who obviously you are a female and you're in the trades. So I want to get a perspective of a female working in a predominantly male industry. So that's why we have you. And I'm super excited to dump it, uh, dive into this. Absolutely. I'm excited too. Lots to talk about. <laughs> so first question, how did you go? I, I know you came from a totally different background. So why don't you give us kind of a, just a brief kind of intro into how you, where you came from and how you got into construction. So I, you know, I went to college. I started out in the corporate world. I did uh, a few different things. I did sales. I did recruiting. I did product development. And it just didn't make any sense to me because I had like all the right ingredients, I guess, but this, you know, the cake was not ever coming out good. So I finally got 
fed up with it. I just, I was tired of trying to force it to work. Um, so I, I quit actually without having a plan. I ended up, I, you know, I ran a small restaurant for a little bit. Um, I knew I was going to start some type of company. I just didn't know what type. And around the same time that I left my corporate job, my fiance, who was my boyfriend at the time, he uh, was a structural engineer. He got laid off from his job and he had a friend that had a carpentry company. There's a big golf tournament down here every year, Players Championship at Sawgrass. Uh, and they had, they put up all these additional structures. So he, his friend was like, hey, while well, you're not doing anything, collecting severance, uh, why don't you come work for me? A few months later, he was like, I don't think I want to find another engineering job. And once he started working under a, a finished carpenter and I saw some of the stuff that he did, I was like, you could teach me to do that. <laughs> Even though I had no experience, I was like, I could do that and we could start a business. And so that's pretty much what we did. Wow. That's, that's, it's, I always like hearing these stories because it's like a lot of times the way people make their way into the trades is, is just kind of a, you know, it's not a straight line. Like, Oh, I want to grow up and be a carpenter. You know, a lot of times you have family tradition, their dad and grand and grandfather were carpenters or whatever. But so you came from the corporate world. I think you said you had a lot of like, um, recruiting experience. Yes, I did. I recruited, I would say about half of my experience in the corporate world. I did recruiting. I recruited uh, automotive engineers, actually anything really in automotive industry on the manufacturing side. So like your machinists, your techs, uh, up through your engineers and concept designers. I also recruited IT and then I would help out recruiting occasionally on like more labor, I guess, unskilled labor skill sets as well. Gotcha. So was there, when you were doing, cause that's all kind of like blue collar work. I mean, was that did you notice anything in those types of people and applicants that you were looking for that kind of, I don't know, gave you insight into the industry as a whole or that carry over at all? Or? Um, I mean, it definitely carried over in the sense of when we looked for people, I knew how to do it because I mean, recruiting is a full-time job, even when labor was more, I guess, readily available or you had less demand for people. Um, and so companies could be pickier and there are more candidates out there, it's still finding people who are a good fit and who are going to stay is a skill set in, in of itself. Oh, absolutely. Especially right now, because in the trades, there's such a shortage. I think it's worth mentioning that I found you on TikTok. TikTok seems to be the great connector of, of many guests. And so I actually have a an attorney that's supposed to be coming on and talking about contract law that I met through TikTok. So it's been a very interesting platform and uh, you've been posting lots of your work on there. And uh, I just stumbled across your video one time you did of like a coffered ceiling or some of some type of ceiling, which was absolutely beautiful, by the way, and duetted that. And, and that's kind of what started the whole connection here. But I mean, the, the work that you're doing is is definitely high-end quality work, right? Like this isn't just putting baseboards in and, and casing outdoors and stuff like that. I mean, you're doing really nice high-end carpentry, cabinetry, stuff like that. When you started the business, like how did you go about getting into that specific kind of high-end stuff? When Will was working under the finished carpenter that he was working under, they did all high-end homes. So we still do, I mean, we do your typical trim packages. And that's what they were doing as well. It's just that these days, anytime you have like a custom home for the most part, like a million dollars and more, there's going to be some type of 
ceiling work, wall, you know, work, that type of thing. And so it was just kind of a natural progression into it. That's kind of what we'll have the experience with. But also as we began working together, we realized that we're both extremely OCD. We both will not settle for putting out less than like the best product that we can. And so honestly, I don't know that we would make it as production from Carpenters. I don't know that we could just go and, you know, trim a whole house in a day because a lot of times, you know, you know, it's just the nature of the business in order for them to make money, gotta, gotta go and, and pump it out. And that means sometimes that the quality suffers a little. Yeah. That's like me with painting. Like I can paint. Okay. But I could never make money at it. <laughs> oh, could... we can't either. <laughs> we have tried, or not, uh, we'll never like painting, but when we first started out, because I mean, we started with essentially no contacts in the industry. So uh, in order to, to get jobs, you know, we basically, we joined the Home Builders Association and that was really our saving grace. But before that, when we were doing more customer, you know, homeowner jobs, Sometimes they would be like, oh, well, if you can't paint, we can't give it to you. So we try and we'd always underestimate how long it was going to take and how much it would cost. Always. Yeah. Well, that's a whole nother, I mean, that's a whole nother skill set in of itself is estimating correctly. Yeah. <laughs> so is, uh, is Will, is that, is he still your fiance? Did you guys get married or what's the status uh, there? So my fiance now, we actually just recently got engaged when we started the business three and a half years ago, we knew that we were going to have to put some of the other things on hold just to be able to afford things. But yeah, so we act, so, you know, I thought it was going to be a little less awkward being like, Oh, this is my fiance and business partner instead of just my boyfriend. But (laughs) I don't know. It feels weird still. Well, the reason I asked that is because like uh, when I interviewed um, Justin and Kristen on the, on the episode, uh, Justin worked out in the field and Kristen worked in the office, but you guys are both working out in the field together side by side. So that's a whole nother dynamic. I, I want to find out for a second, like, do you guys ever argue with each other or is it always just perfect all the time? <laughs> so I, we've obviously just like any people that work together have gotten into disagreements or like one of us has been in like not the best mood. I wouldn't say that we like full fledged argue. And I think both of us are pretty aware when that happens. And so we kind of either will just like walk away from the other person. Like we, you know, we are both present enough of mind to like, if we do get into a disagreement that, you know, we understand we're at work. It's not something that we're going to fight about. We have a job to do. And, you know, if we really wanted to, we could fight about it at home. But yeah, no, I mean, honestly, we work together surprisingly well. And then as far as from like a division of labor standpoint, I I do handle more of like the sales and marketing and estimating activities. And he does more, for lack of a better word, the master carpenter. He's the one that has to be there, you know, especially for the more complicated projects. So I'm not always in the field, especially once we were able to hire people to help us, which actually right now it's just him and I again. But <laughs> But for like the first year and a half, it was exclusively just us. So we were together 24 seven. I have had to step away a little bit from the field to do some of these types of activities. But honestly, I love, I, I always hate it when I have to, I always would much rather be doing trunk carpentry. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're, that's the craftsman curse, right? I mean, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of contractors suffer from this because they, they want to be craftsmen. They enjoy being craftsmen and they, they actually hate the business side of it, right? Like they, I, they yeah. would rather just as much find somebody else to run the office and then they could stay out in the field. It's a hard transition for sure to, to be able to do that, especially if you're like a one man show, you know, you gotta, you gotta do everything and that can be difficult. So, 
Well, who, who's the real boss between I you am. and Will? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of figured sure. that. Uh, if you were to ask Will the reason that, you know, because people, especially when we first started, they'd be like, oh, it's your boyfriend's company. And I'm like, no, actually, I'm the 51% owner. Um, it's my company. If we're, you know, splitting straws here. But I mean, really, it's our company. But at the same time, um, I'm the more, I guess, aggressive one from the business side. I'm the one that make made the business happen. I basically, you know, just bugged him because uh, he had said, he was like, okay, you know, he had always been handy. He caught him really quick. He worked under somebody else for a year and a half before we started the business, but that's still a pretty quick learning curve. And I was just on him for like six months. Like, are you at the point yet where you can, <laughs> where you think you can run any projects by your, you know, by yourself type of thing. And then finally one day he told me yes. And so I filed the paperwork and I was like, okay, we started the business. <laughs> awesome. And how long ago was that? Uh, three and a half years ago. Okay. So three and a half years in. And you guys are in uh, Florida, right? You're the yeah, northern, we're in northern Jacksonville. Okay. Go I've uh, <laughs> I've spent some time down in Jacksonville. I was actually stationed in Kings Bay, Georgia, for two years. If you know where that's at, I know exactly where that is. We actually it looks like we're about to be doing some work up in St. Simons. Yep, all that in there, St. Mary's and Kings Kings Bay and mm-hmm. uh, Ferdinand Island, all that area up in there. That's I spent some time terrorizing the locals. <laughs> Uh, with my uh, car stereo that I had back when I was 18 years old in the military. <laughs> so we made our way down to Jacksonville many times for the club scene. Oh, uh, yeah. So I've, I've been down there several times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, we, I, you know, I grew up here. Will grew up uh, not far from here. I've moved away twice and I've moved back each time. I, I enjoy it. We both do. Well, it's a nice area. I mean, it really is. So I saw, and you didn't talk about this, but I saw that you won an award recently with the Professional Women in Building Council. Talk about that. What's that all about? So the Professional Women in Building Council is a council of the local uh, Home Builders Association, and I am on the board of it. Every year, there's like an officer installation dinner, and so each of the councils will give out an award to you know whoever they felt, I guess. Uh, made the biggest contribution or really stepped up. Uh, I I really got it for my newsletter that I put together. <laughs> I think because uh, I, I'm OCD about, I'm super extra about everything. And so I put out a significantly better newsletter and just tried to include a lot of, you know, content like outside of just like, hey, here's some pictures of us and here's some events that we did. And then in addition to that, kind of, we started to pilot a program or not pilot, we started really ideation, like in the like steering committee phase of a program to increase exposure to uh, high school aged girls in the trades. That's awesome. Don't shortchange yourself there <laughs> on the award. I mean, <laughs> no, I'm, you, I'm you, so excited. <laughs> well, yeah, I, no you should be. I had no clue. That's awesome. So I want to talk about the women in the trades for a minute because that's before we get into that, though, I want to know, like, so like even today or over the past three and a half years, when you walk on a job site with a contractor, like a GC or somebody that's never met you, like, what's that like? Kind of explain kind of what that's like. So from a sales perspective, well, I think in general, so I've had a little bit of a unique women in the trades experience in general, right? Because I didn't have to start like on a crew of like all guys that I didn't know, like Will and I started the business together, but that said, I do most of the sales. I think if anything, if, if people think it's weird at all, then it's usually more of like a pleasant surprise, like, Oh, 
Like you have that company, you know, uh, you're the trim carpenter type of thing. I haven't had any like overt people, you know, sexism, I guess. I've definitely noticed a little bit of the subconscious bias, but when I notice that, if I feel like they aren't taking me seriously at first, I'll just send Will to go talk to him because I have plenty of relationships that I manage. <laughs> if he wants to take them, that's cool. And honestly, after working with us for a few weeks, they figure out who's the boss. <laughs> 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 yeah. But that's how Will put it. But <laughs> in that, I know what I'm talking about for the most part and, uh, and, and that type of thing. So... Sure. For me, I'm like in the second category. When I see a female in the trades, I'm like, oh, that's that's exciting. Like seeing them, you know, out there working. What doesn't matter what they do, but it's it's always like a, a catch my eye. I'm like, oh wow, that's cool. Because you don't see that every day, right? I mean, it is exactly. a male dominated industry. Absolutely. So, unfortunately, you know, people listening uh, to this podcast and females that are listening may have not had as great of experience. You know, and there's a lot of that old boy club that happens in construction. And I mean, it, I, it drives me nuts, not even from a male, female perspective, just kind of some of the, you know, I've been doing this for 50 years. I know what I'm doing. You're not going to tell me how to do it different attitude, which is very popular in construction. <laughs> yes. I've, oh, I've noticed. Uh, I don't know if you saw that the other day I posted, it was like a seven second video. It was a trend video and it was just I posted some of our work and I mean, it, it really triggered, it triggered some people uh, that I would even claim that that was my work, even though it was. So I, I definitely understand that point of it. I've really gotten, if anything, more of the backlash from like random people on TikTok than like out in the actual field. But again, I definitely know that's not every woman's experience for sure. Yeah, I mean, that's it. well, TikTok's totally different, right? I mean, you yeah, can be anonymous and hide behind your screen and all that. I get some of that on my channel as well. But, but yeah, no, that's so as far as women in the trades, like, what do you see as the biggest hurdle for women getting into the trades? So, I will, I'm going to quote this woman, Barbara Moore, who she's like an OG GC in Jacksonville. She's like one of two or three of ever women presidents of the Northeast Florida Builders Association. And she, her and I were having this conversation one day and she was like, I can't understand why women aren't banging down our doors, right? Because it's one of the only industries where you can you know, rise up through management without college degree still, where you can get paid well, you know, you can literally, we need people so bad in, in this in, uh, in this industry. You can have no experience. You can be whatever age you can walk in. She's like, I just don't understand why women aren't banging down our door. She was like, because I think there's a perception that the construction industry doesn't want women because that's what we've literally told women forever. She was like, but really, I think right now what's going on is women don't want the industry because they don't think that they're women. And I think personally, in regards to the trades, that the biggest hurdle is just exposure, right? So I grew up in a family of blue collar workers. My dad, all of my uncles, they either had uh, AC companies, HVAC companies. My grandfather had an HVAC company or some of my cousins did um, electrical. Some of my girl cousins worked in the office of electrical companies, right? I never touched a tool. Like, and it wasn't because my parents were had these gender bias roles or anything, because I mean, I played all the sports, right? Like my parents encouraged me to do anything that I wanted to do. It's just that the thought never crossed my mind. And so I think that if we can get exposure programs out there that put tools in the hands of girls, whether it's a 
something that they're doing to get their volunteer hours for school or whatever, I think you'll have women start to realize that A, they're capable of it and B, that they enjoy it. Well, that I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, do you, do you think it does require a certain type of personality or thick-skinned, you know, attitude to, to be able to work in the trades? Is that a fair statement or? That's a fair statement. But I mean, when I was in the corporate world, I only worked in male dominated industries. And I would argue in my experience, it took probably, especially if you're somebody like me who tends to say what they think, it takes a a thicker skin to be in the corporate world. I've definitely received more negative feedback from uh, and I, I get it, not everybody's my personality, but I've definitely received more negative feedback about being too candid or, or whatever in the corporate world than I ever have in construction. So, well, that, that's an interesting perspective. Didn't really think about. I mean, that's, you know, there's still some of that that happens in the corporate world as, as well, especially certain types of, you know, like recruiting and things like that where you're dealing with higher management type people a lot of times. So that makes perfect sense. Yeah, that's interesting because I don't know, you know, obviously the way our society is set up, it's not like we're not out there telling, you know, women, young women like, oh, you sh- this is a valuable option for you to be in the trades, right? It's just like you Absolutely. either go to college and you get a job and do your thing or option B is you get married and have yeah. kids and raise your kids. Like that's kind of like the two options, right? And so I agree with you that there's not really much when and it's construction in general. I mean, right now we're we're kind of in a pandemic with labor shortage and it's only going to get worse. Oh, absolutely. I think that the industry needs women for a multitude of reasons, right? Like diversity is what increases profitability. You look at Fortune 500 companies that'll tell you that. So, even if you didn't specifically care about getting women in, you should because of the bottom line. But so I think there's lots of reasons, but also obviously the glaring one is just, we need people. Oh yeah. Like you said, there's a, there's a huge vacuum right now. And it, I mean, it's a 10 year fix. Like it, if, if everyone decided today that they were going to go in the trades, I mean, it would take 10 years to balance that out, right? Oh, because absolutely. there's such a vacuum. And I mean, my generation is the, you need to go to college generation. You know what I mean? I'm actually the only person in my family. I have a huge family, like 40 something plus cousins that completed a four-year degree, but I found myself back in the trades, but it's just because that was hammered into everyone. And so we have to start changing the dialogue around it. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with college. You can go to college and become a tradesperson, right? If that's the path, there's all different kinds of paths. But that said, we have to, we have to stop talking about the trades. Like it's a lesser career because really absolutely, there are lots of trade jobs where you will make a lot more then you will make uh, as a teacher or even as like a maybe lower level salesperson or middle management. I mean, electricians, honestly, we should all go be electricians. <laughs> uh, well, that's true. They make a ton of money. You don't, to, you, do, you don't even have to sweep up after yourself if you're an electrician. Oh my gosh, so true. <laughs> <laughs> I just made all the electricians mad. Uh, Nick, that's that's just for you, buddy. He's, a, he's one of the, my members in my group. He's an electrician, so I give him a hard time. I, I have them in my family, so I feel like I can say it honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're equally as bad if we're not actually uh, conscious about doing that. But we all have our things, right? <laughs> yeah, there's lots of there's lots of uh, people on TikTok that kind of make fun of that and the different trades, and and some of them are pretty funny. So yeah, no, absolutely. If a a woman, a female, a young woman wants to get in the trades, 
Like, what do you think is the best way for them to do that? So I, this is what I've been recommending to uh, women that have reached out to me is that they Google their local home builders association. And I guarantee you, if you call that number and you go, Hey, I'm interested in getting into the trades, they either have an apprenticeship program or they have about 50 companies that are interested in hiring people. That's the direction I would go. They also, you know, go show up to a, to a networking meeting, honestly, business owners that have trades companies that are just looking to hire. So, I mean, that's, that's what I would do. I do think it's harder. Women don't have as natural of a progression, right? Because like you said, a, you know, a lot of people out there, they started doing it because their dad did it. And I mean, my brother knows HVAC because of my dad. Right. And then if it's not your dad, then it's usually because your friend is doing it. Right. So like, you know, your, your friend's doing it, but with women, obviously that's neither of those are normally the case. So I do think it is, it can be an intimidating situation, but I promise you, you're probably just building it up more in your head than what you would think that it actually is. And if you just, you know, you make the call or you, you know, go to the meeting and just introduce yourself, it'll open a lot more doors than what you would think. Yeah. I mean, I think the main thing is just don't be afraid to approach them. Right. I think that, I think from the outside looking in, it's, and I, I'm not a female, so I don't know this and you would have better uh, perspective, but I think it seems it's very intimidating. Like the men don't want you there. Oh, like it's that, terrifying. Like so. I, I, I completely agree with you. I mean, even when I first stepped onto the job site, right. Um, and Will, and my boyfriend, you know, he's there with me. We literally have the company together. It was, it was scary because there's just so it's like as a woman in the trades, even you know, sometimes like in the comments and stuff on TikTok, all that, it's like, you have to be perfect, right? You can't get any of the answers wrong. You can't, you know, you even see like these DIYers out there that are women that get, well, this isn't right. Or that's not, you know, trying to pick their stuff apart. And so it, it's scary, but that said, if it's something that you're interested in pursuing, I promise you, it still seems scarier than what it actually is. And I'm not, again, I can't speak for all women. I know other women have you know, I'm, I would assume a, a union position is probably a, a tougher environment. I, I, I have no idea. But um, so I'm not saying that there aren't, you know, some still really intimidating situations. But my, in my experience, most people have either been like, oh, that's really cool. Or they, you know, might even be like, oh, I didn't even know, you know, basically a girl could do that. Guess what? They're doing it. And they're usually just like, cool. And, and I live in the South. So... <laughs> It's very much the good old boy network here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Last year, I hired a painter, and she's female. And that's the first time I ever hired female. And she's one of my best employees I've ever hired. I mean, she's she's been doing it for like 20 years, so she's been in it forever. But like, like literally the best employee I've ever had because she doesn't play the games and all that stuff. So I've even considered like going to an all-female team. <laughs> So it's funny that you say that. I get that feedback a lot from people in the trades that have hired women or worked with women. And actually, so funny story. So my dad has an HVAC company. Um, after the recession, he kept it very small. And my mom, you know, was in the corporate world and then kind of like retired and was helping my dad out with the business. Well, he had like, I don't know, like two helpers or like one tech, you know, kind of like installer and one technician that would help him. Well, his like main guy left and then my dad developed neuropathy, which is very debilitating. At least his was it like attacks the casings of your nerves. Uh, it does because it's an autoimmune 
neuropathy. But anyways, long story short. So then his other helper like quit. And basically in her mid fifties, my mom became like an AC technician learning from my dad who like sometimes couldn't even be like standing or out there, you know, for more than like 30 minutes or something. Cause it hurts you bad. And he told me that had he known you know, 30 years ago when he started the business, that women were going to be this good at AC. <laughs> he would have tried to hire all women. He's like, they show up, they pay attention and they want to learn. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's usually like, I mean, you can, there obviously doesn't really matter the, what right. your, uh, your sex is, but I mean, cause there's good and both and bad, but women tend to be more patient, right? They tend to be more focused because a lot of us boys have ADD and we're bouncing all over the place. And so, uh, a lot of times, especially with very detail-oriented things like finished carpentry, because it can be very detailed on some of that stuff, they do really well in. And I mean, and to your point, listen, I'm not ever arguing if women or men are inherently better at trades or anything like that. I'm not here to try to say that I'm, you know, it's, it's, we're all people, right? So you're going to have some people that are better at things than other people. But I think that the women so far that have shown up in the trades for the most part, you know, we usually have a little bit of a chip on our shoulders. So I would assume that they're there giving, you know, a hundred percent every day because they have something to prove. If we were, if there were more women in the industry, I'm sure people, some people would have more, maybe bad experiences, but I think, I think overall, I mean, yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, there's, like I said, there's good and bad in both my worker she's a pistol right like she's (laughs) she'll if you talk smack to her she'll talk smack back to you so but she's very 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 good person very good you know hearted person very dedicated does excellent work and all the things that you want in an employee she has them and so i like that type of kind of uh fiery personality you know and and women that work in the trades i think you kind of have to do that and i agree with you a lot of them you know, have to prove themselves. And so they have to be very thick skinned and, and, uh, almost have a chip on their shoulder. So not to say that you can't, that you have to have that. I oh, mean, you no, can be very, not at all. It's interesting. And, uh, you don't, you know, you don't, uh, you don't see it very much. I, want, I remember this is probably a couple months ago, I was coming out of Home Depot and there was a, a younger female that was working for a local company and she was kind of standing out there. They were loading up the, the trucks and stuff. And I, I walked by her. And I just said, are they paying you right? Like, that was my question. Like, on passing, are they paying you enough or something like that? Are they paying you well? And she said, yeah. I was like, all right, cool. Because if they weren't, I was going to try and scoop her up. (laughs) (laughs) So you bring up an interesting point. So women in the trade or women in construction make 99.1 cents to the dollar to men, which any wage gap, like, you know, to me is unacceptable, but it's definitely the smallest one of any industry I know. That's a good point. I never even thought about, and probably because it's, I, I wouldn't think about it like that. Like, you know what I mean? If I hire, it doesn't matter what they are, what sex they are, I'm going to pay them, you know, based on the position and their skill set, not on, you know, what their sex is. But that's interesting. I never thought about that. And that's another pro for, you know, women in the trades. Absolutely. I do think that you know, in the construction industry from, you know, from me talking to other business owners that are men, it usually comes up hiring women because I'm a female tradeswoman and they're like, oh, I've either have, or I haven't, or I'm open to it. But I think two things. One, I think that male business owners or really any business owners that 
say that they want to hire more women. I think you actually have to do the work to do it. You know what I mean? You can't just necessarily expect for them to come to you because for so long, women have been told it's not their place. It's, you know, they, they can't physically do it, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And so I think that, you know, if you have a commitment or you're just putting in, you know, recruiting and development efforts out into the workforce because you just need people, part of that should be doing specific activities to recruit women or when you're looking at resumes, you know, you may be having, hiring an entry level position and, you know, he, this guy may have worked wherever that was a little bit more physical and maybe she was, I don't know, stalker, Walmart, whatever it is. I would challenge you to, you know, bring them both in for an interview. Yes. He may have more, slightly more hands-on tool knowledge. Most men will have that because they grew up socialized to but bring them in, see if they will be a fit personality wise for your company. And if you think that they'll work hard and, you know, just kind of like challenge yourself to think outside of just like, okay, well, yeah, same skill set, same pay, but actually like take that extra step to do it. Because honestly, if you don't, then a women won't be coming into the industry as much and they definitely won't be working for you as much. Is there, because of your recruiting background, is there a, like, how would you recommend contractors that are trying to target females? Like how would, what's the best way to go about doing that? So, because you can't things. really just say I'm looking for female workers, right? Like isn't that kind of against some rules. Okay, so you you can't necessarily do that, but you can have diversity initiatives within your company, right? And so you are able to also go out and I would say reach out to, to if you're looking for entry level people, reach out to like high school guidance counselors, see if there's any of those type of programs. There's a lot of high schools now that actually have trade programs where there are women that are enrolled. And then honestly, when we posted, I got a lot of women that replied more than I expected that. I mean, they didn't have necessarily carpentry experience, but that were interested. Uh, one of the, the one that I wanted to hire got snapped up before I even uh, had, I mean, she didn't really have that much experience, but she was really interested and like had done a bunch of things to uh, develop her knowledge. And she got snapped up right away. And then we actually met the crew it's another husband and wife crew. They're about seven years younger than Will and I. But we met a, this crew that now subcontracts from us through that job posting as well. And uh, let me tell you, she's about five foot nothing and 90 pounds. And there's a video of her carrying like an eight foot pre-hung solid four door, just like it's nothing. I was like, I don't even know if I knew that. <laughs> that might be a little heavy for me, girl, but okay. <laughs> I mean, I could do it, but you're making it look easy. Awesome. So one, one question I like to ask all my guests is what books are you reading now? Or what's your, what book are you reading right now? Oh my goodness. None. <laughs> to be what's completely up? honest with you, none. I read a lot of articles, but also I watch a lot of like how-to videos and stuff. I, or like if I'm looking for business advice, I find people like you that are talking about it. It's just a way that I absorb information better. Gotcha. That's fair. So last question I want to ask you, Elise, is if, if a female is looking to get in the trades, like what would be your best piece of advice for them to, to do that? To actually like find a position or? Yeah. I mean, just if they're like in, not working in the trades now and they just, they, they feel like that's what they want to do. And maybe, maybe they need to just try it out first to see if they want to do that full time. But like, how would well, you? And that's, that's why I think those exposure programs are so important, right? That said, when just because it provides opportunities to do that, go go do a Habitat for Humanity build. 
see if that's something that, you know, I will tell you the coolest thing I did with professional women in building is we did a women's build. I was the only tradeswoman, but the, the women worked in the industry. We did Hardy board. And it was awesome for me to watch them because, you know, you have that big kind of intimidating looking coil nail gun, you know, and it's real bad, real crazy. And so after it was the, like, they, you could see the hesitation with like the first shot. But then after that it was like this, like spark, you know, light bulb went off in their head, spark lit up in their eye. And they're like, oh, wow, like I can do this. And like, actually, like, it's pretty fun, you know? So I would say get involved in those type of programs if you can. There's even like, you know, makers and creators type, uh, you know, wood shops and things like that. Um, I would say, again, reach out to your local home builders association and just, I mean, apply to the jobs and, and follow up and be persistent. Awesome. That's some great advice. I didn't even think about Habitat. That would be a great way to uh, get some experience to make sure that it's something you're wanting to do. Um, I did that when I was in uh, high school. I did Habitat. And that was a fun experience. So it was, and you know what? I mean, the habits, at least the one that we did, had a construction manager and she, and actually it was a woman and she had worked in the construction industry before she worked at Habitat. So it's probably a good networking opportunity there as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's, I've made connections in there. I remember a little off topic, but when I worked in high school, I got put on a crew with a bunch of old retired guys. And I was like, I was a 17 year old kid, right? And these guys are like 70 years old. And it was just a great experience because they were, I mean, they were joking around and, you know, cutting up and stuff. And then they were like trying to teach me how to do things, you know, because I was the only one there, the only kid there. And so that was, a, it was a great experience to, to go through that. So, and I'll tell you, in my experience too, people just working from uh, with other, car- having the opportunity to work with other carpenters from time to time. I mean, that one ceiling that I did that you saw that you had duetted, we were on that house for almost a year. We did over 20 ceilings in that house. They were all super wow. intricate. So we were able to bring in, you know, a couple people that subcontracted from us, but they basically worked for us full time at the time. And one of them was this carpenter, Dale, and he was in his seventies. And I mean, there are days he kicked Will and I's butt. I don't know how he did it. He also had a farm that he ran, but it's just <laughs> from what I've learned, the point of all that is from my experience at, you know, even the older tradesmen who you would maybe think would be less open to women in the trades or whatever. A lot of them are, are fine with it and actually are excited about it. They want to pass down the knowledge that they know. It's probably the first generation of tradesmen who don't necessarily have a second generation after them that are getting into the trade. So they, they also may not have someone to pass down all of the knowledge that they know. And so, I mean, a lot of people, of course, there's going to be terrible people everywhere in every job and every situation, right? But in my experience, most people, most tradesmen, they want to help and they want to help you learn. I would, I would agree with that, especially the older generation. They, uh, they, they probably want to help more than anyone else. Uh, like I said, the crew I was on, they, they were very, very helpful. That's some great feedback. At least I appreciate you being on the podcast so Thanks much. For having um, me. Yeah, absolutely. I look forward to your videos that you guys are making on TikTok. How, if somebody wanted to find out more about what you're doing, how can they get a hold of you? So my TikTok is that's what she sawed. <laughs> uh, that's probably the social media platform that I'm the most involved in because I got on that one specifically to talk about women in the trades. So that's probably the one I'm most responsive on. Uh, we are also on Instagram though at Bold City Builders with an S. And then you know you can email me at Elise at BoldCityBuilders.com. Awesome! Thanks again so much for being on the podcast. 
that's going to be the end of this one, guys. Like always, you can find us on our social media platforms. Again, it's Hammer and Grind Podcast on all TikTok and uh, Instagram, Facebook. And as always, until next time, be the best version of yourself. Mm-hmm.